to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're continuing our series on how I found my Great Loop boat, and we've got Pete and Sherry Washburn with us, and they're going to tell us the story of how they found their boat for the Great Loop. So before I officially bring in Pete and Sherry, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Pete and Sherry Washburn, thanks for joining me today. Our our pleasure. (laughs) So you are still preparing for your Great Loop, but tell us a little bit about yourselves and your plans for taking on the Great Loop in the future. Well, okay, I'm Sherry. I grew up in Northeast Ohio uh, along Lake Erie. And so water's been in my life, but not boating. And then I meet Petey Boy. (laughs) And And we do everything on the water here. Well, not quite, but I grew up in coastal Massachusetts. And, um, you know, my grandfather bought me a rowboat when I was probably 10 and all through high school, we messed around in boats and stuff like that. So um, we're here in Massachusetts now uh, and for the summer months and we have a couple of boats out here as well. And so we've been into this Sherry's into boating by marriage pretty much is the best way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great example of, of finding the boat because you Pete had a lot of experience in all different kinds of boats and, and Sherry, not as much. So the collaboration of trying to find the perfect Great Loop boat for the two of you, as, as most um, boat searches is, uh, involved many different boats. And tell us what you eventually selected for your Great Loop boat. Well, let's see. I always get it wrong, but I want to make it 2006 Cruisers Yacht 415, right? That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the Cruisers Yacht, the 415, and what are the specs of the boat and, you know, what attracted you to her? So it's a it's a uh, twin diesel um, motor yacht, express motor yacht by by definition, and uh, uh, she'll go. She's got a planing hull, so she will get up on plane and cruise at about twenty one knots. Um, of course, the fuel consumption is quite a bit higher at that, you know, at that speed. So we'll probably do most of the loop at hull speed, but it's nice to have that capacity and stuff. Um, it's nice. And one of the things we'll get to is why we picked this particular kind of boat is the fact that it's, it's an aft cabin, forward cabin kind of arrangement and stuff. And we kind of, we kind of like the, uh, the room below and stuff like that, but I'm sure we're going to get more details about that. When did you actually purchase the boat? (laughs) May, middle of May. Yeah, about five weeks ago. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) So it was a process. We were hoping to have it the middle of April. Of course, uh, the weather up in Michigan, the you know, the lakes stay frozen a little longer than we realized, although we should have. But um, yeah, in the middle of May, we got it. And then, of course, we came out here. So to Massachusetts, and now we're, we'll go back and have some fun with it. So have you brought the boat to Massachusetts yet, or is it still on the lakes? 
So what we'll probably do is, is we're kind of a unique situation where we summer here. This is the town where I grew up and we happened to buy a cottage here many, many, many years ago. So we tend to come out here during the summer months and uh, spend time with his parents. Yeah. Yeah. And do some local boating out here and such. But when we were looking at purchasing a loop boat, we were trying to think where would be a good spot by the fact that we're in Ohio most of the time having a boat on Lake Erie was kind of a convenient thing to have. And so that's where we're going to keep her for right now until we get here to Massachusetts on the loop yeah. <laughs> in a few years. So when do you plan to start the loop? The plan right now is for next spring, starting up around Michigan. Uh-huh. This Excellent. fall, we're planning to do, you know, like along Lake Erie. So it's actually part of the loop, but um, I have family along Lake Erie, along the shores east of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go and explore and see what we can find out and just get used to the boat. Yeah, get used to yeah. the boat. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, that's a great plan. And, and you'll probably have a lot of company from other loopers on that route this this year until yeah. unless the Canadian US border reopens. Um, there's lots of loopers headed that way to Lake Erie. So you'll be in good company this year. Um, so tell us and, and Pete, again, you had extensive boating experience and had owned boats before. So how did you go about choosing the cruiser's yacht as your great loop boat? So we, we last summer during the pandemic, you know, we took advantage of the fact that we were out here in Massachusetts to go look at some boats. So we first looked at a, a Beneteau Swift trawler, a brand new one, which out of our price range, but we looked at it. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, uh, and that was over not too far from here to dealer in Dartmouth. And then we looked at a main ship 400 that was over in Narragansett Bay in Rhode Island. And we looked at those and gave us some good ideas about what we might want to look at and stuff. Got back to Ohio in September and we looked, there was a Meridian 408 that was listed for sale up in Lake Erie. And so me being the crazy guy, I said, let's go up and look at that and see what that looks like. And uh, we kind of thought we'd be trawler people, kind of like that boat. The main ship would have fit in very well with what we wanted to do. But when we saw the Meridian, it kind of like, ooh, we really kind of like the look of this boat, the layout of this boat. Uh, and suddenly that made motor yachts be back on our radar as far as something to look at and such. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Our home is contemporary. I think uh, the cruiser yacht kind of lends itself to that and it's more modern. I like the layout down there. Uh-huh. And, and so after you had looked at several of these boats, one of the things that you honed in on as a feature that you really liked was the aft cabin. So what, it is, what is it about that configuration that's set up, both from the floor plan, but also from the style of the boat that so, really attracted so you? We, we, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, yeah. so we looked at one boat and we climbed on it and the rooms were very close together. So he got in one room, I got in the other and I went, Pete, he's yes, and it's like, uh oh, we we didn't want that because we, at the end of the day, we wanted separation. Some people snore, and <laughs> some people make noise at night, um, and we just thought if we had guests on board, it would just be nice to have separation, and so that was basically what yeah. we once we did that and realized, whoa, you're gonna hear you know, anything in the room. So we decided we wanted the separation with the rooms. We've also done a lot of bare boat chartering. Um, the Chesapeake, the Caribbean, you know, BVIs, the Grenadines on catamarans with four cabins, four of the couples and such like that. And 
Um, we found that, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of nice that you can kind of adjourn to your corner of the boat <laughs> and do that and stuff. And then, you know, you know, you know, a lot of people say it's about 20% of the time you'll have guests aboard. Um, we've kind of think we'll probably get pretty close to that. Who knows? Um, but, you know, uh, that other 80% of the time, if Sherry thinks I'm misbehaving, then I can go to the bow and she can have half that. <laughs> you know? Get out of here. <laughs> 12 months is a lot of togetherness. <laughs> it certainly is. So, you know, the aft cabin configuration pretty much by default, since you've got generally the master stateroom at the back of the boat, lends itself to having some extra steps, um, you know, because as you're getting on the boat, you're kind of going over the top of it and then probably going back down as you're going inside. Um, the Beneteau, on the other hand, that you really like has more of kind of a one level configuration with less, less steps. Did you like that? And, you know, what eventually led you to say the aft cabin is really for us instead of a more one level boat? Well, I've had a hip replacement. <laughs> I have some knees going on, but um, I think part of it is like, okay, so you have to climb up, then you have to climb down. There's plenty of handholds. And it, it was just, I think we just like that separation uh -huh. um, and we like, we like the style. So, you know, the, you know, the uh, all boats are compromise, of course, and Absolutely. Such, you know, and sure. I would like to have everything at one level and it'd be very nice and entertaining and stuff like that uh, to have everything on one level. But I think we overrode it was the, the, you know, the livability of, uh, you know, an aft cabin boat um, and, you know, it was a trade-off we we're willing to make. Right. Sure. And as you said, that's what it's all about. It's, it, there's always going to be some compromises when you're looking yeah. for that perfect yeah. Great Loop boat for sure. So, um, you know, you mentioned you also looked at the main ship uh, 400 and you initially thought a trawler style boat uh, was more gonna, going to be what you were planning on. What are some of the things about the main ship 400 that you liked, um, even though you eventually, you know, went towards the motor yacht? Um, what were some of the nice features of the main ship? Well, when we looked at it, he was down below talking to the um, broker, the broker. Exactly. And I went up and I just like I'm walking all around the deck. I mean, easy access all around. And it was like, oh, this is nice. I can maneuver around. I'll be able to get the lines. Um, but then, you know, so that that was really nice. Uh -huh. And we really liked that aspect of it. And it was an aft cabin. Right, exactly. So there was nothing really about it that we didn't like. Uh -huh. I think the fact that when we got back to Ohio and started looking, we were able to find something that worked in that area for us. You know, you think, in, um, you know, if it's 6,000 miles over 12 months, that works out to about 500 miles a month. If you're uh -huh. doing 50 miles a day is kind of an average looper kind of day. That means roughly about one out of every three days, you're, you're actually moving the boat. Um, the, but you're living on it for 12 months. So we figured the, the, the living accommodations of the motor yacht style has more room below um, at the sacrifice of like the walk arounds around the decks and stuff like that. And again, it's like, you know, okay, the, there's, no, there's no perfect boat, it's all compromises. Um, having the livability in the room um, I think is what finally won us out. Yeah. You know, it. And you obviously have done your homework and I'm glad you kind of brought up that, you know, the 50 miles a day, because regardless of your style of looping, those averages seem to generally mm -hmm. hold true. Mm -hmm. um, and you're absolutely right. You're living on the bo boat, most people for full time for 12 months. 
Um, and it, it typically works out where you're absolutely right about one out, out of every three days and there that you're actually moving. And there will be sometimes, of course, you know, in the winter, loopers tend to stay put for a little while in parts of Florida and not move for many days, you know, weeks at a time. And there's other places where there's not a lot to see and do and you're moving every day. But, um, you know, for those of you who haven't sat down and kind of worked through that calculation, Pete is spot on um, that it tends to work out to about on average across the whole trip, about one out of every three days that you're actually moving the boat. And I think probably for the two of you, um, Sherry, even though you didn't have as much boating experience as Pete, um, the fact that you have had boats and are comfortable on boats is, is probably part of what swayed you to looking towards the livability of the interior um, a little bit more than maybe some of the conveniences on the exterior, because people who have not boated, boated as much are a little bit less comfortable docking and locking. Having that extra maneuverability on deck during those processes is something that's going to attract people who are a little bit maybe less comfortable in those circumstances. So everything you're saying makes so much sense knowing your background that, you know, the point you arrived at um, we'll, we'll, makes we'll a lot of Because <laughs> you know, you know, all our bareboat chartering has mm -hmm. been mostly on mooring balls, not very much in the way of docking. Right. So, mm -hmm. so maybe we should talk again in a year and say, <laughs> hey, how's that walkability around the deck for you guys? <laughs> how's docking and locking? <laughs> we'll see how the practice <laughs> sessions are going. Are, that's going to be our challenge at this yeah. point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But we already got our marriage savers and we've mm -hmm. had Sherry. Sherry's not going to be an admiral. She dislikes that term. Sorry, everybody else. But <laughs> and she's not going to be a first mate. She wants to be a co-captain. So when we did our training, she stocked the boat and everything else. And I think we're going to be about 50-50 once we get, you know, a little bit of time under our belts here with the boat. Yeah, no, that's, um, and there are some couples, I know some where the, um, the wife actually is the, they fight over who's going to actually get yeah. to drive the boat because now that she's used to it, she wants to do that because she has realized that in a lot of circumstances, actually, Maneuvering the boat is easier than handling the lines. Yeah. <laughs> so I am working on improving uh, my boat handling skills too, so that um, I can do more of that and less of the line handling. It really is a lot easier. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's take a quick break and play a message from a sponsor. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about, and we've mentioned it, but the compromise and, and how you focused in on what were your must-have features and whether you got them all, and then you know what some of the nice-to-haves were as well. So we'll be back in a moment. Schwartz & Company Yacht Sales is a boutique yacht sales organization and a proud supporter of AGLCA, Loopers, and Adventurous Souls throughout the Great Lakes. We are the exclusive representative for American Tug throughout the Great Lakes region, including the Canadian provinces of Ontario and Quebec. We are very active in the yacht brokerage market on both the buy side and sell side, providing our guidance and resources to valued customers. We also work with shipbuilders both in the U.S. and abroad to bring our customers' unique dreams to life. We welcome the opportunity to earn your business. We're back on Great Loop Radio today. We're continuing our series on how I found my Great Loop boat because we know there are many of you out there searching for that Great Loop boat and the market being what it is. Um, some of them are hard to find and it's hard to get on board lots of them and explore because there's just not that many up for sale. And when they come up, they're selling so quickly. So we started this series to help get a little bit more information out um, from our members who have recently been through the process. So we're talking with Pete and Sherry Washburn. Uh, they are giving us the details on their cruiser yacht, which they purchased a few months ago. Um, tell us a little bit about, after you had done some exploring and, and you did, uh, we're fortunate to have boarded several different types of boats. 
as you went through that process, what were some of the must-have features that you knew were not going to be things that you would compromise on? And what were the nice to have things that, that maybe you didn't end up getting or not getting based on what you found? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, he definitely wanted a little sit down table. Oh yeah. I wanted to dine at. Yes. You know? That was his height. It's like, I want to dine at. I want to, okay, we'll get you a dine at. Again, so much living aboard time, you'd need a place to, you know, having a table and some of the places, some of the things we looked at didn't have very much in the way of that. Exactly. Um, we we wanted to walk around uh, easily to, you know, we're getting a little bit older and we're not getting younger. So we wanted to be able to move around easily on the deck. Um, we It would have been nice to have a washer dryer, but that was on a real high priority. Everyone seems to say, oh, you can go to the laundromats and meet people and interact. So um what else did we want? Well, it was, it was, it was interesting because we also were looking, uh, you know, we're not very mechanically inclined. Um, I was a pilot by career. I wanted to fly the airplane. I didn't want to build the airplane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, same thing with the boats. You know, we want to use the boat. So we looked, um, you know, a little bit more recent than a lot of the loop boats are to find what we called a good bones boat, something that was structurally sound, wasn't going to, the engines were in relatively good shape so that those kind of issues would be hopefully, we'll keep our fingers crossed, reduced mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Right. Um, we also were looking for a boat that had a low draft, um, a, exactly. a low air draft so that we could preserve the options to go on all of the loop if we wanted exactly. to. The cruisers fit that category. <clears throat> Um, diesel engines, diesel engines we for the reliability and stuff like that. Um, we looked at, uh, the, you know, the other, we were, we lucked out the, really the first serious boat we looked at was this cruisers and it met all the bells that we really compromised or wanted to have on it. Had a nice size holding tank. Yeah. Yeah. One of the boats <laughs> we looked at had 20 gallon holding tank. It was oh, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no, no, no. And, and uh, you know, we look at carvers are also in this line, uh, the, the silver tins, the, all those kinds of things. The cruisers compared to the carvers and specifically in this vintage, you know, 2006, had um, a lower air draft. Some of the carvers have a, a radar arch on it, which could make getting through certain places in a little bit more, you know, challenging, challenging and stuff. So we lucked out. The first one we were really serious for ended up being the boat, but that's yeah. unusual for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, I needed to do some looking before you got yes, really yeah, serious. Yeah, so, to speak. Yeah. so that, that certainly helps. We spent afternoons making spreadsheets and comparing different boats. So, uh -huh. you know, we looked at them, you know, online and then we also went on them physically. Yeah. yeah. A lot of time on, on Yacht World, a lot of time on the forums. Uh, Curtis Stokes did, uh, you know, Introduction to loop boats a couple of years ago that we watched uh -huh. the webinar and stuff to kind of get everything. We did a lot of research and stuff. But, yes, we did. Yeah. And it took us a couple of years overall to, to kind of figure out what we finally wanted and got a boat. Yeah. At what point in that couple of year process did you actually engage a buyer's broker to represent you in the transaction? Well, as we said, we looked at boats out here in Massachusetts last summer. And then we went back to Ohio and we looked at a couple boats up in Sandusky, and then we did the fall, the virtual fall rendezvous. Mm -hmm. 
And that's when the expo, yeah, yes. they're in the you know the vendor expo, and uh, we visited with you know with Curtis Stokes and Associates, and um, you know we've done other research, and and you know again we're looking for good bones boat. We're not experts in boats this size, so it was a question of we wanted somebody else looking out, you know, for us. And uh, everybody had good comments to say about using. Uh, let me rephrase that. Everybody had good comments about using. Curtis Stokes and Associates and using a buyer broker that way. Um, and it was like, we wanted an extra set of, you know, eyes looking out for us to help find us a good bones boat. And we ended up, Curtis Sturtis uh, towards his representative in Michigan, Dan Sherburn, who was just absolutely superb. Yes. Um, this So, you know, it was last fall is when we started looking at it. When we really got serious about, okay, we're ready to put money down. We're ready to buy a boat. I want to buy our, we want to buy our broker and stuff like that. And Dan, yeah. this particular cruisers, Dan went over, it was undercover already, but Dan went over, looked it over, took videos, took pictures of it, looked at yeah. things, kind of gave us a quick feel. And it's not worth it. Or this looks like a pretty good boat. Yeah, um, he was really good. He was very helpful. Yeah. A lot yeah. of knowledge that we had. It was, uh, I couldn't imagine buying uh, without a buyer's broker at the skill level that we have. And at the fact that we don't want to be spending a lot of time maintaining it. Yeah. No, and if you're using the right broker, um, the things that Dan did are, are typical of um, if you're using the right broker, they will go and, and preview the boat for you. And Dan's one of our gold loopers. So he knows about yes. the loop. Yeah. Yeah. That, was another, that was another advantage too, because yeah. we can yeah. actually knew what needed to happen as far as a loop boat goes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Exactly. Yes. He was a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. So one of the, the struggles um, that you may or may not have heard of is that a lot of our boaters are having trouble finding insurance. Um, now, you had a lot of boating experience, so it may not have been an issue for you because I'm sure you already had some boating insurance. And even if you were you know, just walking in as a, as a new buyer, the boating experience would help. But did you have any struggles or, or any hoops to jump through to get insured? I think that the, the fact that we had done you know, 50, 60 days of the bareboat chartering, you know, under our name was uh, probably kept us out of having a major problem with that. Mm -hmm. um, we used, you know, we use a lot of AGLC sponsors. I mean, oh, we like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, we, we used, you know, Curtis Stokes, mm -hmm. we used Sterling and Associates. Cindy was a joy to work with. We used Mark Marine's insurance, and that's who we got our insurance through here. Ask Captain Chris. <laughs> we bought his what to expect in a survey thing yes. here. And, uh, yeah. and we uh, spoke with him, actually. Yeah, too. we did. We did. On the, on the, I think at both the virtual rendezvous, the fall one, and the Loop of Palooza, I think we mm -hmm. chatted with him and stuff. Yeah. So. Um, Those were great, by the way, Kim. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed them. I'm also glad that uh, we're moving back to in-person <laughs> very soon. Uh, but the virtual, you know, while that was the only choice, I think they, they served their purpose and was a, a good alternative. But hopefully we'll get to, other than this virtual face-to-face, -face, hopefully we'll see you both at a face-to-face -face event pretty soon as we start to ramp those back up. Um, any other last tips that you would have for somebody who's maybe, you know, just kind of starting the search at the point you were two years ago when you were just climbing on some boats and getting the feel for what you might like? Well, I think we listen to the forum. We, every day we're, you know, we're on the forum, we're reading the emails that come out. There's so much information in there. Um, we did a lot of research. Our, as Pete said, all of the, uh, the brokers, all the people, the sponsors, have just been a wealth of knowledge and very helpful. I think, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the details that you have here, but if you take it 
small bites at a time, you know, the forms, for example, you know, there's a lot of detail. You want to know all about electrical systems? My gosh, you can get it in there. Uh, you want to know about butter tarts? You can get it in there. <laughs> you want to know about anchoring? I mean, there's all kinds of expertise and it's overwhelming. Um, but if you take the things that interest you now, and focus on that. Don't try to absorb it all one time. You know, we'll learn one, you know, feel one part of the elephant at a time here until you get the whole elephant there. Um, there's a wealth of knowledge within the, you know, within the AGLCA about what to look for, how to do it, what, you know, there's just phenomenal information. The there's forums, help. the webinars, you know, Curtis Stokes' introduction to looping boats. Um, the, the thing about safety that's been running here. There's just yeah. so much information out here. Don't rush it. Don't worry about being overwhelmed. Small bites. There's yeah. plenty of success there. I appreciate that. And I'm glad you're finding all of that useful. I talk to, um, well, I, I see a lot of people on our social media who say, oh, well, I haven't joined yet because I'm two years away from starting the loop. And I think that's the best time to join. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah. it, it really, as, you're, as you said, it can be very overwhelming. So people who join just a month or two before they're planning to go, I think very quickly become overwhelmed at the amount of information. Um, small bites is, is a good, yeah. <laughs> very it's, good advice. It's, it's, it's interesting now, because now that we actually have a boat, you know, now, now suddenly I'm like, so this oh. galvanic isolator that we have, okay, is that a good, you know, does that mean this, you know, now I'm finding I'm needing to go and look back at more details. Now it's more relevant right. to us and we stuff like that. Right, we can connect to it. You know, yeah. do I get an FCC radio station license in case we go to the Bahamas or, you know, now, now the, uh, we're in a different part of the, you know, the elephant here right. and observing and stuff like that. Right. Um, the, other, the other thing I'd add too is that once you actually purchase the boat, um, I heard uh, you know, it said that, oh, well, you know, uh, a good ship won't show all of her secrets to a survey and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but you count, <laughs> we, we got a good bones boat. We're very confident of that. But um, two hours after we had closed on the boat, uh, the aft air conditioning unit decided, okay, it's oh, enough. No. I've played this game long enough. <laughs> <It's not> like <laughs> so, you know, expect that after you purchase the boat that you're going to also spend some additional, you know, funding on that. You know, it'll, so budget it'll for that. It'll become yours. It'll become yours yes. and everything else like that. Yeah, and that's, that's great advice too, because, um, you know, I do hear of a lot of people who intend to buy the boat and then set off. Um, but spending a year or so getting used to yeah. the boat and letting the things that are going to break break while you have kind of a home-based mechanic <laughs> that can work yes, on those things exactly. yes. is a great idea so i love that you're planning to you know spend a year or so um cruising around where the boat is now in on lake erie and um thank you for sharing the details because i, I think you're a great example of having taken some really good research and steps and working through the process and coming out of it with a boat that you love. So congratulations. We're excited to see you Thank on the you. loop and hopefully we'll see you at an in-person event soon and not just this, the virtual. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, does well, we, we, this is a great organization. Kudos to everybody in, oh, uh, at goodness. the home port here because it's just been, a, you know, we felt well taken care of and uh, very, you know, increased our knowledge by being a members of this organization. It's been fantastic. Oh, that's great to hear. And I will share that with the rest of the team here because it is absolutely a team effort. So right. Pete and Sherry Washburn, thank you for spending some time sharing the details of your boat. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for joining us once again on Great Loop Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, safe cruising.